welcome to this new episode of Why Inclusion, the podcast series that curates inclusive conversations beyond celebratory dates. I am your host, Victoire Barbain-Perron, and I am delighted to be joined today by Alberto Matellan, who is Chief Economist for Investments at Spanish-based boutique Mapfre. Alberto has launched a trailblazing strategy that invests predominantly in companies that are seeking to include disabled people within their workforce. The fund, which was launched two years ago, in 2018, is called the Mapfre Inclusion Responsable. Alberto, thanks for joining. Thank you very much, Victor, for inviting me, and it's a pleasure. I'm very excited to be touching upon a topic that is seldom talked about in our industry, and that is disability. Um, it is an extremely diverse topic in itself, and we won't be able to cover it extensively. But I think that one main issue to combat and to debunk is that disability is a limit and a barrier in itself, when really we can switch the perspective and instead of associating a disability with someone who would not be able to do something, as the term hints, we could rather demonstrate that it is the environment around them that is not enabling and that the environment is the limit. And so Alberto, with Mapfre, Inclusion Responsable, you specifically seek companies that have and that promote enabling environments Can you explain how you do it, how you select those companies and, and make sure that they're being inclusive in this regard? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, we actually uh, started with the idea that you just mentioned that um, the so-called people with disabilities, they actually have a different set of skills that may fit perfectly uh, within companies. Uh, and specifically, it can be a very differentiating set of skills. Um, so what we did was, uh, okay, we'll try to build a new methodology to assess the commitment of companies in this sense. Um, when we came up with the idea, uh, we, the team, we were uh, pure financial guys. Uh, we were just starting into, you know, ESG and responsible investment, investments and these kind of things. Um, and for this idea, uh, we were a bit uh, completely lost uh, about, uh, about the world of disabilities. So uh, we went, first of all, visiting companies. Um, I, I, I must thank my boss and, and Marfrey because uh, they uh, bet on us for the first minute. They uh, liked the idea and they said, okay, go on, explore it, feel free to do things with it and, and tell us the result. So we went uh, all around Europe visiting companies and uh, trying to understand their problematic. Because when you talk to other institutions like NGOs or, or government institutions, they are pretty much focused on the specific person with a disability and not or with the um, the company or, or or the or the economic environment or the labor environment when you when you say that companies are usually focusing on one disability or instead of the environment do you mean that they focus on one of their employees or what do you mean by that uh, 
No, no, I mean that when, when you talk to other institutions that are not companies, like uh, NGOs or, right. or government agencies, they they focus very much uh, on a specific person or on a specific person with a disability, but they don't focus really on the needs of the company. Right, okay. Yeah. So we, we, we try to understand the, the problematic from the point of view of the company itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that, we tried to interview with as uh, many people as possible inside the company. So we try to speak with human resources, we try to speak with investor relations, and also if possible with the, uh, the, the highest level of management uh, possible. And uh, after one year devoted to such activities, we came up with a lot of documentation. And finally, uh, having understood a bit better uh, how, they, how companies, specifically large companies, can deal with the issue and can uh, use this differentiating set of skills that people with disabilities have. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that documentation, uh, we prepare a framework to assess and to analyze all these things and to integrate this, uh, this analysis within our framework for, for financial and for portfolio uh, building. Mm-hmm. That was the, uh, how we started working on it. And so how do you define, because as I've said early on, it's an extremely diverse topic. So how do you define disability and how do you implement it in your framework? Do you take into account range of mobility, mental, intellectual? How, how do you do it? Yeah, sure. As you said, um, it's a very wide topic. Uh, and also, uh, it's different among countries. I mean, each country has its own legislation, its own yeah. definition actually um, so we try to use the widest possible definition which is uh, the one uh, from the World Health Organization and at the same time uh, we try to integrate uh, different types of disability and actually uh, we noticed that those companies that integrate them in a separate way they are usually much more committed uh, that means that for example uh, companies that have a specific policy about uh, mental disability or intellectual disability, they are usually much more involved and much more committed than other companies. Uh, so in this sense, uh, in our process, uh, we define four different uh, types of disability, uh, which are uh, mobility, uh, sensorial, uh, mental, and intellectual disability. Okay. And based on that classification, uh, we go on with the questionnaire. Okay. And so there is, in this process, there's a definite social value, an inclusive value. Um, but how about returns? How about financial returns? Do you, have, uh, do you have an example, maybe, of a company that you would have invested in and that is doing well? Or... Yeah, that... That's actually a key question because uh, if there weren't, then uh, my boss wouldn't have allowed me to, to <laughs> go on with this, right? So <laughs> that, that's that's important. Uh, actually, there is, uh, and actually we uh, we noticed this after doing all the research. It's that these companies are in general more profitable uh, because they are uh, they they uh, deal with problems with a larger set of views or a larger set of skills. Uh, I'll give some examples. For, uh, for example, uh, 
we went through a, a, an Indian company, which is actually a subsidiary of a, of a British company. Um, and they work for the perfume industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they employ a lot of blind people. Uh, actually, most, uh, I, I would say more than 80% of their employees in India are blind. Uh, because uh, blind people can smell much better than, than people who can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can differentiate these uh, subtle uh, things in perfumes that, that uh, there are, are only uh, allowed for, for experts in chemistry. Uh, that was so uh, profitable for them that they even set up a university specifically for blind people uh, in order for them to specialize in, in chemistry, perfumes, and, and this and this thing. Interesting. That's one example. Uh, I can give you another example about um, a chain of cafes uh, in the U.S. that employ mostly uh, people with Down syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, which is, uh, as you know, a type of intellectual disability. And they demonstrated that uh, the, the, the clients uh, that are served by uh, people with Down syndrome, they spend more, uh, they um, spend more time uh, in the cafe and they end up uh, much happier than uh, when they compare themselves with other cafes. Mm. Uh, and finally, I can give you an example uh, in my own team, uh, because uh, as, as you know, uh, my, my job title is chief economist, which is uh, something very general, uh, but I have a, a team of analysts um, and one of them is a blind guy. He's a, a nice guy, uh, but he cannot see absolutely nothing. So um, he illustrates perfectly how we can uh, rethink everything from scratch, uh, in this case, regarding finance. For example, uh, as you know, finance is something which is uh, pretty much based on equations. Um, I am myself a teacher in finance for for a university in Madrid. Uh, And when you teach finance, you have the, the, those those students are supposed to have some knowledge about mathematics and equations. And with a blind guy, uh, you cannot talk about equations because he has a computer with a system that reads things for him. So any document, any PDF document can be read by the computer loudly for him. Uh, and he can uh, also, if he wants to uh, dictate for the computer or he, or, or he can use the keyboard. But the problem is that the, the system cannot read equations. It can only read texts. So the problem is how do you talk about equations with someone that cannot see those equations? Yeah. Uh, that, that simple question that I had never asked myself before uh, makes you rethink everything you know about finance and about uh, these equations. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the solution was to translate everything into text. Right? So if you have a, a uh, let's say, for example, the, the, the such famous uh, cash flow equation, which is the basis of finance. Yeah. Uh, you have to translate it, that into some text, uh, so the system can read that for him. Uh, so that's a new way of dealing with the problems. And for example, for myself, uh, it was very enriching because I translated the thing uh, to my students in my uh, university classes. I started explaining finance in another way as I had been taught by this blind guy. Mm. So uh, this is an, an illustration of how uh, people with disabilities uh, can 
see problems from another point of view and can teach you to see them that, that, that way also. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, one thing we, we noticed that when we were researching these companies is that they are in general much more innovative than, uh, than the, the, the average company because of these things, because they are committed mm -hmm. and they see problems in, uh, from, from different point of views. Mm. Yeah, with eye-opening experiences. And so these three examples that you gave, the two investments one and your colleague, seem to be golden examples. Um, yeah. But in the sense that um, there is financial returns, there's efficiency, and there's inclusivity. But is it? Do you find it difficult to retrieve data on those disabilities? How do you? I know you have a partnership with Le Financier Responsable, which is a right. French asset manager, um, which was launched in 2007 by Stéphane Prévost and Olivier Joannet. Um, but so do you, how do you work with them to maybe fight a lack of transparency with those companies that maybe don't disclose, you know, what they do in terms of disability or that maybe are not inclined or educated enough to think, oh, we can actually hire um, people that have disabilities? Yeah, that, that's a good question because, uh, and it's interesting because it's just where we link uh, the world of disabilities with the world of finance. Uh, um, and as you said, uh, when I say we, uh, I mean these guys, uh, these people at La Financia Responsable. Mm -hmm. We are uh, uh, incredibly good professionals and, and, and very nice people. And um, uh, the, this guy you mentioned, Stefan, uh, we, we went together into this uh, journey for, for disability. Uh, uh, as you know, La Financia Responsable is our partner, uh, MAFRA's partner for everything related to um, socially responsible investment, investing. Um, so we, are, we have um, uh, a, share, uh, a share on their company and uh, we use their skill, their huge skill set for uh, for researching um, these kind of issues. So, uh, as you know, they are working on this since 2007, as you mentioned. Uh, they have a pretty large database, but more important, they have a large experience on developing uh, questionnaires and on developing methodologies to research specific issues. And that's what we did. We, we worked together. Uh, to develop the questionnaire uh, as they are experts in this field. They prepared a very good questionnaire and they uh, prepared the uh, classification for companies. So the methodology that arises from, from that work uh, classifies, classifies uh, companies in four levels and uh, the portfolio is built uh, mainly with uh, the two highest levels. Uh, what we noticed, as you mentioned, is that uh, the, the scenario is not always the Goldilocks that I mentioned with the three examples. Mm. Um, sometimes it's difficult to get data. Uh, so the, the team at La Financia Responsable, uh, one of the, I think the, the most interesting things they do is that they sit with the companies. I mean, the, the, the analysts that work for, for La Financiera or for MAFRI, they uh, engage constantly with the companies and they uh, they send the questionnaire, but the, when the questionnaire uh, is answered, they call the company and engage in a conversation with them uh, to find out more about the questionnaire. Because the questionnaire, uh, a large part of it, uh, is not 
with uh, uh, closed questions. Some questions are open. So that gives you the opportunity to engage with them. So having said this, uh, what we noticed is that in many companies, uh, these issues are seen more as a risk than as an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, for example, one of the main difficulties for the integration of people with disabilities in the, in the workforce uh, is that their, their supervisors or managers perceive that as something unknown for them. So it's a risk. They are afraid that they wouldn't be able to manage properly uh, these, these people. Well, in the end, these people are mostly the same as any other one. But for example, this is especially true with uh, mental and intellectual disabilities. So uh, a great part of, of work for this is education. In, with, with education and with some kind of, of support or external support is much easier to, to integrate. But having said this, the, the, the main problem is probably the perceived risk, which is not a real risk, it's just perceived risk. Uh, we also noticed something which is very positive. That is, uh, those companies we were talking to about these issues, uh, they felt significantly surprised mm. because, you know, we are seeing as investors and uh, especially with you when you go with Mafre, which is a, a larger investor than the financial responsible, they see us as the typical financial guy that, uh, that uh, worries only about the, the bottom line and the results. So, uh, they they give to you very easily their, their balance sheet and uh, and their uh, and their accounts, but when then you say no no stop uh, keep that away for a moment and uh, I want to talk to you about these other things so they are really surprised and they ask why are you talking to us about these things mm -hmm. about disabilities and then we explain how we think it can be much more profitable to commit these issues. Um, so the companies that are not well positioned, they are already asking us about how to improve their position. Mm -hmm. So this is some kind of non-measured impact we're really achieving and we're really proud of that. Because yeah, many educating. companies are yeah. educating them. Yeah, and making them aware of these things. Mm. And that is especially needed um, as there is a real difficulty for um, disabled people and employees to just find jobs um and i would like to ask and this is a first time thing happening uh, in this podcast series but i would like to ask sam sheldon who has enabled this conversation and who works in financial pr um to share his experience about it thank you so much victoire and thanks for having me today um from my point of view I've always been around people who have Down syndrome, and that's because um, my uncle, who also happens to be one of the hardest working people that I know, has got Down syndrome. And for many, many years, uh, Craig has struggled to find work because employers uh, are reluctant in the UK to take on people with Down syndrome. And for Craig, I mean, there are various various levels of Down syndrome, but for Craig, um, it's more of a physical disability rather than a mental disability. For example, he actually published a novel last year called The Change of Views, uh, mm -hmm. which you can find on Amazon. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, he he writes poetry. He's won several awards for ballroom dancing, um, and he he enters competitions at Blackpool Winter Gardens every year. Mm. Um, so I think that the work that Matt Free is doing on the Inclusion Fund is very powerful, not just from a financial point of view, but from the fact that they're going out there and they're finding these companies who are willing to take people on with disabilities. And I think that that can inspire hope in people like Craig who have struggled for all of these years to get jobs through no fault of their own, um, just because society needs to learn to include uh, people like Craig. So thank you very much for, um, for, for doing what you do, Alberto, and, and keep it up. Thanks, Sam. Well, thank you, Sam, and uh, thank you for putting us in, in contact with Victoria. And my yeah, pleasure. I think, I think I think it's fascinating um, that your strategy, Alberto, is sparking this conversation, and that it shows, like, currently showing now that uh, it's worth talking about, and that it can um, inspire and have a wider impacts and financial returns. I think this is fascinating. Um, but talking about financial returns, um, could we could we chat about how investors respond to your strategy? How, because you said that some asset managers were surprised when you came, some companies were surprised when you came to them and talked about your strategy, but how about investors and what are your expectations in terms of AUM and yeah. Yeah, uh, well, when you when you run a simulation of the portfolio backwards, uh, the results are pretty good. Uh, actually, uh, the people at La Financiera Responsable and the people at Marfred, we were together when we saw the results. Uh, we thought they were too good to be true. Actually, uh, right. about four times about four times the index. Uh, so um, uh, I don't like this this number because you know it's it's only simulation. Right, but the fund is up and running since uh, last year, uh, and uh, we have demonstrated that this, that's true. Actually, so far this year in 2020, uh, I think it's about six points better than the index. Mm, okay. Six per six fully fully percentage points better than the index. Uh, so it seems to act actually work. Uh, the the theory that these companies are more profitable for several reasons, it seems to work. And at the same time, um, as you know, investors nowadays are uh, pretty much involved in, this, in the issues of ESG and, and responsible investing in general. Uh, but there are many different issues in that world. And it's, uh, you have to focus somehow. And also, uh, you have to do something. I mean, when, when you uh, work with this fund, um, you have a clear idea of what it is doing. Uh, you may share the view or not, or, or you may look at the methodology and it can be improved, of course. But when you see the fund, it's clear what the fund pursues and what the fund is doing. And it's also clear the, the external uh, impact of in, in educating and, and uh, creating awareness. So uh, as in every fund, you can get positive returns or not. But what is for sure with this fund mm. is you you can get a social return, which is very clear. Maybe non numeric return, but it's very clear anyway. Yeah. And for people, as some said, for, for people who somehow are involved with disability 
or even for people who, who don't know, who know nothing about disability, all of them are aware of what the, the fund does. Mm-hmm. And is there a specific demographic that's even more inclined to invest in the fund? Um, well, not, not really. The fund uh, now is uh, being sold mainly to institutional investors. Right. Uh, they have shown uh, a lot of interest. Uh, and then the, the MAFRE network, uh, yes, we started to sell it uh, before the pandemic. So we had no time to check how well it is selling, but there's a huge interest uh, also in, in retail networks, huge interest. Um, as you know, MAFRE uh, is running a wealth management uh, uh, business. Yeah. And among this business, we, we have found a huge interest in the fund. So uh, the, the uh, investors in general, both institutional and retail, are, are I would say, are loving it because mm-hmm. they see something which is uh, very transparent, very clear, and very focused on, on what they are doing. Mm-hmm. And so now that we've praised this strategy and its ripple effects, tangible <laughs> ripple effects, may I ask what motivated you to pursue the strategy in the first place? What triggered the interest? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, it's kind of a personal story. So um, if, you don't, if you don't mind that, I, I can tell you because um, the idea was born of my own family because um, I have two kids with disabilities. Uh, uh, they're different kids with different disabilities, which is uh, uh, quite rare, actually. It's, it's not frequent at all. And uh, when the second one was born with, with Down syndrome, uh, I felt that I had to do something, but the only thing I know about is finance. So uh, why not connect both worlds? Mm-hmm. I think that that could be an idea. And I talked to, to my boss. Uh, he said it could be great. And back in that time, we were just uh, preparing the project with uh, these people at La Financiera Responsable and the experts in these kind of things. And when we talked to them about the idea, they loved it. And they loved it so much that in the end, the uh, the methodology was created by uh, Stefan, uh, another guy at his team and myself. So uh, they, they really loved it. Um, I, I don't know if, if Sam agrees with this. I think he does. But when you have someone in your family with disabilities, and especially if that someone is, is, is one of your kids, uh, everyone I know in the situation, they always feel they have to do something. Uh, whether it is to create a foundation yeah. or whatever, whatever. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's good. Uh, yeah, I think that's very good. And uh, that's good also because uh, it, it the, devotes a lot of energies and, and, and uh, efforts to, to this world to help these people. Uh, sometimes too much, but they can demonstrate themselves that they do not need as, as much help sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what I felt, and that was how the idea was born. Uh, sorry, if this, per- this is too personal, but no. uh, I think it's it's okay. I think it's great, and I think it's great to be weaving both your expertise and your knowledge in finance, and also personal stories, um, whether it's yours or Sam's. I think um, it's crucial, and I I think it's wonderful to see that funds can help other people to chime in, even those who might not relate to disabilities or might not have any family members or 
close friend that have disabilities, I think it's great to offer the possibility to participate in change. Yeah. Thank you, Alberto, um, for joining today. Thank you, Sam, ah, for joining as well. You're welcome. I'm really looking forward to seeing the strategy develop and um, hopefully continue to raise awareness about this topic in our industry, but also beyond. And dear listeners, if you want to listen to more inclusive conversations, you can go check out the rest of the Why Inclusion series that is available on Spotify. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.